You know, I've got a story to tell you about the children coming to Jesus. Uh-oh. <laughs> when my husband and I, we were not saved. We had not received Jesus as our Lord and Savior. In fact, at that point, I didn't even know who Jesus was. And all of a sudden, I get this thought in my head. I want our son to grow up to know who Jesus is. Tell me, this is, this is a God thing putting inside of me because I didn't even know who he was. And here I am, I'm thinking, I want our son to grow up to know who Jesus is. And so uh, I'd go to Sunday school and take him so he could hear, and I would sit outside. <laughs> you know, but, but what I want to share with you is it's interesting how God will drop things inside of you, and you have no idea what the impact's going to be. And because of that idea that came to me, so I love children's church. I love the fact that they have that, is because we would not have come to Jesus had we not done that. Had I not brought our son to, to Sunday school on Sunday mornings, hallelujah. And there's a lot more to that testimony, but I'm not going that way today. <laughs> so, so say, Martha Joe, stay on track. <laughs> Hallelujah. I want to thank Pastor Norm and Pastor Barb for asking me to speak this morning. And, you know, I'm grateful for the worship, aren't you? I love the worship here at our church. It just opens up the heavens for us to be able to receive the engrafted Word of God. So before we get started, I want to open up with prayer because I need prayer. I want you all praying for me, okay? So Heavenly Father, I just come to you in the precious all-powerful name of Jesus. And Lord, I need you. I need you. When I open up my mouth, God, I pray that you would fill it with your words. Help me to love on your people, Lord God. Help me to love like you love. And I pray, Lord, as I speak, Lord, that light bulbs will go off, that you'll speak to hearts like you've done to mine so many times, Lord God. I pray that you help me to speak your word in love. And so, Lord God, as we go forward in this service today, I pray that you have your way. We pray thy kingdom come, thy will be done in this service today. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Today I want to talk about godly influences. Everybody say godly influences. You know, they're important to our lives, godly influences. And from time to time, I've, I've seen this through the years. I'm kind of getting up there where I'm seeing these seasons of life. And, and what I've noticed is there's times where I take inventory, where sometimes the Lord has me sit down and just say, let's weed your heart. Have you ever had God say that to you? And I'm thinking, my heart needs weeding, you know? But he has done that. And whether it's financially, mentally, emotionally, health, um, there's whatever the arena of life, there's times when we need to stop and just take inventory. And so I have found that there's some questions that are really good to ask. And, and the first one is, have you set goals? And if you have, did you write them down? You know, Pastor Dave would always tell us, 
Think, um, ink it, don't just think it. How many have been through pace-setting leadership? You know that saying, ink it, don't just think it. And write it down. And then the next question I want to ask you is, have you accomplished them yet? Because I don't know about you, but I have some things that have not been fulfilled yet that God's put in my heart. But then I thought, as we are talking about godly influences, here's some more questions. Who's helped you along the way? Have you helped others to accomplish their goals? Have you made a godly impact on other people's lives? So I just want you to know today, I feel like the teacher in me is going to come out, okay? And there's a spoiler alert, you might have homework. <laughs> Hallelujah. I know when, when I was in full-time ministry, I always had homework for uh, my team and, and different, different things and stuff. And a lot of it involves scripture memorizing. Just want you to know I'm going easy on you today, okay? <laughs> so with that, how many of you have heard of Jehoiada before? Jehoiada. Anybody? You ever heard of Jehoiada? He was a priest in the Old Testament. And he was a godly influencer in a king's life named Joash. So this is kind of what happened on Thursday. I'm reading my Bible and, and you know, I've been in Second Chronicles and, and uh, I'm reading about these kings who did evil in the sight of the Lord and these kings who had done um, right in the sight of the Lord. And, and I come across this scripture in Second Chronicles 24 and 2. It says, Joash did what was right in the eyes of the Lord all the days of Jehoiada the priest. And at first glance, I thought, oh, this is good because finally here's a king who's doing what's right in the eyes of the Lord. But then I read it again. Joash did what was right in the eyes of the Lord all the days of Jehoiada the priest. And so all of a sudden, I'm starting to wonder, why didn't it just say that Joash did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, period, you know? Well, the Bible tells us many kings who did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, and then here's Joash doing what was right in the sight of the Lord, and I was getting excited, but then all of a sudden I'm realizing this is conditional. And it, it was conditional upon one person, Jehoiada. And so then that made me wonder, see, I'm, I'm just sharing with you my process. Why all of his days, what happened when Jehoiada was no longer in the picture? And so what I do is I'm doing this all the time. I start bouncing it off of my husband. <laughs> and I ask him, well, what do you think about this? You know, and so I'm reading the scriptures to him and I'm almost preaching you know, and I'm throwing scriptures out to Dan to get his insight. It's a different insight. Hallelujah. I love that. But just saying, y'all need to be praying for my man of God because this is what he gets to live with. So I decided to do some digging around and I found out some of the background of what the word of God says. So you ready? This is going to be a teaching today. Jehoiada had a godly influence on King Joash. In 2 Chronicles 22, verses 10 through 
10 through 12, I hope you're taking notes, tells us how this all started. Jehoiada and his wife were very instrumental in the saving of Joash's life. He was an infant. Because Athaliah, who was the queen at the time, uh, um, she usurped the throne. And how she did that is she decided she's getting rid of all the heirs, which were her grandchildren. She executed them. Did you know that was in the Bible? Yep. And so Jehoiada's wife grabbed Joash and his nurse, and they hid him in the temple, in Solomon's temple, for six years. Think about that. For six years, here's this infant who grew up to be a six-year-old. How do you keep a six-year-old quiet? You know? And here he is in the temple of God, right underneath Athaliah's nose, I might say, in Solomon's temple. This says a lot about Jehoiadiah as he married a godly woman. Do you know that? A lot is to be said when you marry a godly person. When you do, you can either, they will either help launch you to fulfill what God has put in your heart to do, or they can pull you back and hinder you. I've seen people with the call of God marry the wrong person. And the anointing that they walked in and carried wasn't there after a while. Be wise. You know, seek the Lord concerning marriage. If, you're, if anybody's here thinking about getting married, you better make sure you're marrying the one that God wants you to marry. Can I get an amen? amen. And not only that, but pray for your kids that they marry the right person. It will affect you. Amen. That's just wisdom. I'm going to throw out some nuggets to you. So Joash became king at seven years old. Can you imagine what you were doing at seven? <laughs> Did you ever think that you would become a king or a queen? No. Second Chronicles 24 and 4, it says that it happened after this, that it was in the heart of Joash to restore the house of the Lord. The Lord had dropped this into his heart. We need to restore the house of the Lord. And, and, and the word of God says that he sent priests, he sent the Levites to collect the required annual offerings to pay for the repairs of the house of the Lord. And this was not anything new because Moses did it for the children of Israel so that they could help keep up the temple of God. And, and so, but they had let that fall in by the wayside because of all the evil rulers that was, had their reigns for a period of time. But here, when you're serving God, God will drop things into your heart to accomplish for the kingdom of God. And I don't know if you've ever experienced that. We have. God has dropped things in our hearts, just like he dropped in my heart. I wanted my son to know who Jesus was, even though I never got that chance. So under King Joash's reign, they restored the temple of God, and they had so much money coming in because when the, the king shared his heart, he said, this is what we need to do. The people were like, yes, finally. And so they're all giving, and they're giving, and they're giving to where there was such an abundance that they not only 
restored the temple and paid for all the labor that needed to be done, but they were also able to replace the utensils that were abused, corrupted by Athaliah because she used them for Baal worship. And so they were able to make the, the utensils, they, um, things for temple worship, the articles for service. And when you think about this, what King Joash accomplished, it was, it was quite an accomplishment. Can you all say amen? amen? So 2 Chronicles 24, 14, it says, And the burnt offerings were sacrificed continually in the temple of the Lord during the lifetime of Jehoiada the priest. So this priest was so godly, he was making sure everything was running the way it was supposed to. That they were... Um, worshiping the Lord, that they had the temple, everything was in order. His life was exemplary. And then in verse 15, it says, Jehoiada became old and full of days, and he died. He was 130 years old. Can you imagine us walking around being 130 years old? <laughs> you hope so. Hallelujah. <laughs> but they buried him in the city of David with kings because he had done good in Israel, both toward God and his house. Wow. What a heritage. You know, I, I have to, this, this really ministers to me because, you know, yes, I've been in full-time ministry for many, many years, and, but one of our, our, I don't know if I want to call it a side ministry because when we did it, it was a big deal. But, we, God had dropped this in my husband's heart. We're campers. How many of you guys like camping? Yeah, all right. And so we're campers, and uh, we had done missions trips. We had gone over to Mexico and, and built schools and built churches and things, but it was expensive to take our kids. It was very expensive. I mean, we were like praying it in. And, and so... God just kind of dropped this in our hearts, since we like camping, to take our RVs and go around and build churches. And so we take a week or two weeks of vacation time, and, and we gathered people with us who had families. And the reason why we did this is we wanted kids to get missions in their hearts. And, and a lot of them, you know, families can't afford to just send their kid out into another country, nor do you want to without you. And, and, uh, and so we did this so that kids could get missions in their hearts. We did this so our kids could get missions in their hearts. And, and it, was, it was wonderful. We even came here before this was a sanctuary. This was a gymnasium when we came here and we worked on this church. We took, brought a team of people. We were all camping and, and it was just incredible. And we're talking years ago, aren't we? <laughs> and, and so we did this, and we would take our RVs to Mississippi, to Kentucky, to, to um, Ohio, uh, Pennsylvania. We, we built churches all over. And it was such a joy to serve God in that capacity. And there's so much, oh gosh, we got so many testimonies of what God did in that. But here, Jehoadiah is buried in the city of David with kings because he had done good in Israel, both towards God 
and towards his house. And we need to think about this. In order for Jehoadiah to be buried with the kings, he would have had to do some pretty significant things. Can you, wouldn't you agree? He was being honored even in death. Hallelujah. But Joash, King Joash, after Jehoiada died, he went downhill after this man of God passed on. Second Chronicles 24 and 17, it says, after the death. So when you go home this week, read Second Chronicles 22, 23, 24. You'll get the whole picture. But after the death of Jehoiada, the, the officials of Judah came and paid homage to the king. At that time, the king listened to them, and they abandoned the house of the Lord and God of their fathers, and they served the Ashereth poles and the idols. And divine wrath was on Judah and Jerusalem because of this guilt. Oh my goodness. Joash became influenced by ungodly men and ungodly leaders who came in after Jehoiada died. That's why that word says, you know, that, that he served the Lord and did what was right in the eyes of the Lord all the while Jehoiada was alive. And so they persuaded King Joash to abandon the Lord. They influenced him to serve the idols of the land, of the heathens. And so repercussions of it all was there was the hand of God, a divine wrath, was on Judah and Jerusalem because of it. So as far as Jehoiada, he was underneath three different king and kings and, and um, Athaliah, which was um, a wicked, wicked woman. And so the first one was Ahaziah, of whom King Ahab's son, he did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. Then there was Athaliah, because we know that she killed all her heirs. She, she wanted the control. She wanted the power. And so she did that, except for Joash. And then, and, uh, and then there was Joash, that Jehoiada was un, um, under their authority. He was priest. And, and then after Jehoiada's death, he was influenced by ungodly men, and he was corrupted to the point that when he died, they wouldn't even bury him where the kings were buried. That's where he lost all honor. He was totally, completely on his own after he stopped serving God. So then, in Second Chronicles 23 and 1, it says, In the seventh year of Athaliah's reign, this wicked reign, Jehoiada the priest decided to act and he summoned his courage this scripture is saying a lot about his character he decided to act i love this jehoiada had had enough of the ungodly unholy jezebelian illegal authority he had had enough she had stolen the throne and it was time for god to raise up now say time Say appointed time. There are appointed times in our lives. This was an appointed time for God to raise up someone who would be strong enough to stand up against her and this tyranny. 
And Jehoiada was the man of the hour. And he decided, the word of God says he decided to act and, and get up that courage to do what he's supposed to do. There are times in our lives when it's time to act. Can I get an amen? Have you ever been in a situation where you know this is not good, this is not good where it's going down, and you have got to stand up? You've got to put action behind your face. Amen. And when you're going through the really rough stuff, that's when you dig deep. There are times you have to dig deep to pull up that courage and say something, to stand for what is right, to stand for what is truth. Can I get an amen? Second Chronicles 24 and 2. Joash did what was right in the eyes of the Lord all the days of Jehoiada the priest. You know, and as I've collected all this information about Jehoiada in the scripture, this is just the scripture alone that I've been given to you, I came to the conclusion that Jehoiada was a godly influencer all the days of his life. And I also realized there are influences all around us today. Some good, some bad, some godly, and some ungodly. Especially through technology. We need to be careful of who and what we allow to influence us, especially in this day and age. Because we're living in a world where they're calling what's good evil and what's evil good, just like the Bible tells us, the last days. And so we need to pray for discernment. And some of you might not know what that means. Discernment, in its simplest definition, is the ability to know the difference between truth and error and right and wrong. Aren't we living in a time where the, no, the world no longer knows what's right and what's wrong? They don't know the difference between what's true and what's error. And how many of you can agree there are influences through social media? There's good influences and there's bad influences. How many of you can um, know how to discipline yourselves to block and delete the bad and the ugly? You have the power to do that. If you don't know how to block and delete, just talk to somebody younger than you. <laughs> They're going to help you. They'll show you things you, you have no idea. <laughs> but I tell you what, I was surprised. One day, Dan and I, we were on our phones looking at Facebook, and he was showing me things, and I was showing him things. And when I looked at his phone, I noticed that the advertisements were totally different than what mine are. They were geared towards men, hunting and fishing. Now, they didn't know that I'm a hunter, and they didn't know that I fish, but that's okay because mine was geared toward quilting and sewing and shopping. And, but you know what? We both still had ads we did not like. There's a lot, yes. And so... As, as I was going through this, I'm looking at his like, wow, you know? And, and so we've learned how to delete, how to mark them and report them as junk because if you don't, they will keep coming 
your way. And you know why? Because they're hoping to influence me. They're hoping to influence you. And not only that, but they're also hoping it'll bring bondage that will cause you to be addicted and you keep going back to those sites. We know that there's all kinds of influencers on TV, whatever form of TV that you watch. The commercials, oh, they're extreme, they're excessive, they are revealing far too much, quite tasteless, they go too far. And but what's interesting is that you are the one with that remote in your hand. And we forget we have the remote in our hand. And that remote, you can switch the channel, you can mute it, and you can turn it off. You have the power to do that. Can I get an amen? amen. A few years ago, this was so cool because as I was getting the message together, the Lord is just bringing things to me. And I forgot that a few years ago, how, how many of you know what Nelson... It's Nielsen's ratings are. Anybody? Okay. So they came to our house and they wanted us. They had chose us. I'm thinking, why in the world? You know, I didn't want to have anything to do with it. And, but Dan knew what it was about. And he said, honey, I think we need to do this. And I said, well, okay, you know. And so they, they explained to us about their ratings and how they rate all the, the TV shows and things. And that they had told us that we were, were going to be representing a large group of people all around us. I thought, wow, that's some influence, you know, of what's being watched, what wants to be watched, what doesn't. And so they, they put this little box on our TV and they kept track, you know, and they, they would come and touch base with us. They were actually very wonderful to work with. And, and they were, I don't know, I think that they were Christians. I think it's a Christian organization. Anyway, so when we would turn on the TV, if it's just me and him, they would say, um, how many people are watching? We'd put in two. And then uh, what are your ages? We'd put in our ages. And we, I don't know, we did this for two or three years. Um, and so we were able to, to keep track. And then if our grandkids came, we would say, well, there's six of us, or there's eight of us, or there's 10 of us. You know? <laughs> and, and we'd put in all their ages. And so the programs were totally different when we were watching because it was more geared towards children. And so we would do this, and all of a sudden, I realized, you know, we had the power to flip a channel if something was ungodly. If it wasn't wholesome, I was like, okay, you know, if, you, if we were watching TV and all of a sudden there's a halftime that is pretty awful. And they were keeping track of this. And it was affecting our area. Hallelujah. You know, we, they were keeping track of all the shows. And, and so when we flipped, they, they realized, oh, they don't like that. And this was our chance. I didn't even realize it until I put this message together. This was our chance to be a godly influencer for those years. 
I, you know what? I pray they find us up here. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. It was wonderful to work with them. There's another area where influences impact us, and it's those in whom we choose to spend our time with. Use wisdom, beloved of God. What is the fruit in their lives can become the fruit in your life. I had, a, this was before I was saved. I'm going to be real transparent with you. I was heathen, okay? <laughs> I did not know God. But there was a friend who she would witness to me. But I would see hypocrisy in her life. You know, she's saying she's a Christian, but she's living like the devil, okay? And I thought, if that's what a Christian is being about, I don't want nothing to do with it. That was her testimony to me. So one day she wanted to go to lunch, and so we went to lunch, and, and uh, oh my gosh, I hate to even admit this. <laughs> but I ordered a strawberry daiquiri, and she ordered a virgin strawberry daiquiri. And I thought, how can I influence her? And before that luncheon was over, I had her drinking my alcoholic drink. That's the kind of heathen I was, you know. Pray for me. Pray for this girl. <laughs> God had mercy on me. But anyway, you know, our influences can be good and they can be bad. And I was not born again at that point. I, and I did not want to serve the God that she was serving. Because when I saw... there, How many remember you know, the quartet singers when they would come to your church and they were so good and stuff. You know, that was, that was really, really neat. But her dad was one of them and I saw what happened behind the scenes. And I'm not even saved. And I thought, you know what? I don't want anything to do with this. And so that was her witness to me. And here I am, I'm the heathen. She's supposed to be the saved one, and I'm influencing her. Sec or 1 Corinthians 15, 33 through 34. The word of God says, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good morals. Come back to your senses as you ought and stop sinning. For there are some of you who are ignorant of God, and I say this to your shame. This is a pretty powerful word when you think about it. And I think we can all agree that King Joash needed that word. Those ungodly men were bad company, and they corrupted his good morals that was installed by Jehoiada the priest. He needed to come back to his, uh, his senses and stop sinning because these people who he was hanging with and who were hanging with him were ignorant of God. You know what? Back then, I was ignorant of God. All I saw was, I don't want what she has, which brought much shame to him and even dishonor because they wouldn't even bury him with the kings, and yet he was a king. So are you looking to be a good influencer? If you're a Christian, you have an opportunity to not only be a good influencer, you have an opportunity to be a God influencer. Can I get an amen? amen. And so when you think about it, who are you hanging with? Are you influencing them for good 
or are they influencing you? You know, recently I was in the hospital, and <laughs> I tell you what, I was able to love on a lot of people. Had no idea that God could even use me in that condition, <laughs> but he did. <laughs> I guess if he can use a donkey, he can use me, amen? <laughs> but there were so many who needed a listening ear, and I really felt like the Lord says, you're it. And I'm like, I'm it. Just like Sarah, I told her this morning, you're it. <laughs> and they would walk into my hospital room, aka my office. They would walk into my office. And I would love on them. I would talk to them about the Lord. I would try to find out if they were a Christian or not. And, and if they weren't, I was praying that the Lord would open up the door. Many, many, many workers came in burdened, to say the least. And some I would see once during the, my eight-day stay. <laughs> and, but I wanted them to know that God cared. I wanted them to know that there's somebody who will listen. And one particular woman, she came in at 5 a.m. in the morning. Now, I'm telling you, God has a sense of humor because I was awake. <laughs> and she came in at 5, and she walks in, and I said, so how's your day going today? And she responded, not well. And she said, all my staff called in today. Yeah. And she was going to have to pull a double shift. And she was over whelmed to say the least and so I was trying to encourage her I let her vent but by the time she left my office <laughs> uh, she was smiling and I told her you just need to do what you can do it'll all it'll all happen just do what you can do and if I could get out of this bed I would help you to go take people's blood because they took enough of mine. And they had her laughing and she, as she left my office. There's one particular nurse who was new to me. Bless her heart. So we got to talking, and I found out that she was a Christian. Now, once I find out somebody's a Christian, I can talk to them a whole different level. Oh, boy. <laughs> I heard that. <laughs> and so when I was getting to know her, I... You know, sometimes out of your mouth comes things that you have no idea where that came from, but this was one of those times where I looked at her and said, so what's your passion? What's your passion? And she started opening up and sharing her heart concerning the lack of nurses, how she almost gave up on nursing because of the demand on her, because of the demand on her family, because of the demand on the other nurses, she um, shared the lack of training that the nurses were now getting compared to what she had prior to COVID. She shared with me what they needed to be trained in. As we talked, she, as, she, as we were talking, I realized she had the ability to do the training. It was really neat. And so I asked her, have you ever considered being a nurse trainer? an educator and she 
And I said, maybe the Lord wants you to train those nurses. And you know, it was one of those moments. Who said that? Light bulb? <laughs> yes, the light bulb went off. And she said, I did think about that. She said, years ago, but I dismissed it for several different reasons. But I, I explained to her, as you were talking to me, I was understanding exactly what you were talking about. You explained things to me that I was not aware of. I said, you were, have been educating me this whole time. And I also said to her, because there's life in the power of words. There's life and death, but we want to speak life, don't we? And so I leaned in and I said, you would be an amazing educator. Hallelujah. I said, maybe this too is part of your destiny. And so we continued to talk and what it would look like if she did such a thing. She thanked me for talking to her and off she was off to her next patient. Maybe, just maybe, she might go into educating nurses. I pray that she does. She would be incredible because she was an incredible nurse. And I pray that I was a godly influencer in her life. I figured while I'm in the hospital, I wanted to influence as many people as possible with the love of God. So remember I told you, I have to give you some homework. So this is for you and only you, but it's about taking inventory in, your, in this area in your lives. So get out a piece of paper, take notes. I want you to sit right at the top, godly influences. I hear, I hear, I'll wait for you. Godly influences, just write that at the top. <laughs> Hallelujah. Number one, who are the godly influences in my life? Number one, who are the godly influences in my life? You got it? Okay. Number two, how can I honor those people? who have impacted my life for the good. How can I honor them? You know, I was thinking, oh, a Starbucks card, a card, just a card, let them know how much we appreciate them. I have a woman that's in my life. My mother had, had left us when I was a kid. And so um, this, when I became born again, and we, we got involved, very involved in church. Uh, the, the Lord paired me up with this older woman. And she has been in my life for over 30-some years. We've been Christians over 40. And I love her. I talk to her every week, two, three times. I love her like a mom. So what can you do to honor the people who have impacted your life for good. Number three, who and what are the ungodly influences in your life? I want you to work on this this week. Just say, Lord, I need you to show me. Who are the ungodly influences in my life? And number four, 
What am I going to do about them? What are you going to do? Take action. It's time to act and summon up that courage. You know, so as we close, I believe there are two groups of people here today. The first group, you are godly influencers. Just like Jehoiada, you are a godly legacy makers. I'm telling you, that's what I want to be. I want to impart into my grandkids. I want to impart into the people that I come in contact with. Whether you're in the hospital or at home, your neighbors, it doesn't matter. You have an opportunity to be a godly influencer. You want to use God, or you want God to use you to influence others for good. You do your part in building up people here at the Hope as well as within your sphere of authority. You want to point people to God and you care about the house of the Lord. If that is you, raise your hands. Amen. Amen. Then there's another group. This group of people, you're being influenced by the world and people in ungodly ways. And not only that, but I, I believe that there was people coming to your mind when I was talking about ungodly influences. And if that's you, I want you to know there is hope in Christ alone. The Word of God says the, the God of this world, and it's a little g in your Bible, the God of this world who is talking about Satan has blinded the minds of, um, of the unbelieving to the gospel of Jesus Christ. We've already prayed this morning. The intercessors have gotten together and we've bound the enemy of your soul so that you can make a quality decision to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Your only hope of ever getting to heaven. Because the word of God tells us that today is the day of salvation. And Jesus is knocking on some of your hearts. He wants to come in and be Lord of your life. And if you ask him to come in, he's going to clean you up and he's going to put you on a new path. Because the word of God says, he tells us, I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to give you a hope and a future and not for evil. Hallelujah. This is the God that we serve. He's a good God. He died for us so that we could have a home in heaven. And so if the, if the Lord is knocking on your heart right now, raise your hand with every eye open. I don't care if people are looking around. That's right. So with that, let's all stand. Because I want us to pray as a family. Every single Christian in this place, including myself, including my husband, Pastor Barb, Pastor Norm, we have all had to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus. When we got born again, we had to walk down an aisle. And, we, and the neat thing about it is, is we walked down that aisle together. And we have been serving the Lord together all these years. Awesome. Hallelujah. So let's pray together as a family because we are a family. Hallelujah. Say, Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. 
and that God raised you from the dead. I believe you died for me and took my sin to the cross at Calvary. Lord, I ask you to forgive me of all my sin. Come into my heart. Be Lord of my life. Help me to serve you all the days of my life. And help me to be a godly influencer for the rest of my life. Amen? Amen! Amen. Amen. Woo! Hallelujah! Woo! <laughs> Woo! Jesus! Hallelujah! Now, for those of you who raised your hands to be godly influencers, I want you to stand. Hallelujah! And we're going to make a declaration before the Lord. Job 22 and 28 says that if you decree a thing, it shall be established. Amen? That's a good word. So this is why we stand before the Lord and we make our declarations. Repeat after me. Father God, we need your help to be the godly influencers that you have called us to be. Help us to stand for truth. Help us to love people the way that you love people. Help us to serve here in the house of God, here at the hope. Help us to take care of the people that you bring to us. Help us to take care of the house of God that you have given us. Lord, help us to take time to honor those who have been a godly influencer in our lives, including Pastor Norm and Pastor Barb. By your grace, O oh God, help us to fulfill the call of God here, taking us to a whole new level as we seek you with all that is within us. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Woo!